This is a Hog Sports Network podcast. You're listening to The Game Changers, a podcast that highlights the success of female athletes across Northwest Arkansas and beyond. Here's your host, Ethan Westerman of the Hog Sports Network. Everyone, welcome into the Game Changers podcast. Today is Friday, November 10th. It's good to be back with you. I'm your host, Ethan Westerman. want to thank you for tuning in. Uh, there's a lot going on right now. Uh, we're in that overlap season where the soccer team's beginning its postseason while basketball's just now tipping off its season. Volleyball's in the final stretch of its regular season. Cross country today, they get underway with the NCAA South Central Regionals. And on top of all of this, uh, the early signing period for recruits began this week. So there's a ton going on right now. Uh, let's just unpack a little bit of it. Um, today's show will have a little bit more of a soccer feel to it here in just a little bit. I'm going to bring my guy, Andrew Joseph, on. He does a wonderful job covering the soccer team. So we'll save most of that soccer talk for here in a minute with Andrew on, but I want to brush you up just on a few things with that team. Um, soccer lost in the SEC Tournament Championship game to Georgia, one nothing, but still earned a number 2 seed in the NCAA Tournament, so they'll get to host um, – and they host Grambling State tonight at 6.30. Um, other teams in that pod with in the Razorback Field pod are seventh seed Pittsburgh and Ohio State. So like I said, we'll unpack that a little bit more uh, with Andrew here in a second. Uh, women's basketball, they got started on Tuesday. Um, tight win over a good ULM team. Uh, ULM brought in three starting guards from the Power 5 level, uh, two from Auburn, one from Clemson, and that's on top of five other transfers they brought in. So they have some players who – with a lot of meaningful minutes. That's a team that they're probably picked way too low in their conference preseason. Um, well, I want to plug this a little bit. We have our basketball podcast in Mid-America. I, I hop on there with Scotty Bordelon each week to talk about the Arkansas men's and women's teams. So if you aren't listening to that podcast, we dive into the basketball results a little bit more there. So um, had a, an episode a couple of days ago where I kind of overviewed that ULM win. Uh, so make sure and give that a listen. But just to brush over it a little bit more, um, in that game, Talia Scott, the freshman guard from Orange Park, Florida, she scored 29 points. That was the most ever by an Arkansas freshman in their first game. So a uh, really talented guard there. She was a five-star recruit, kind of what we expected to see from her, um, but I'm not sure I expected to see it in the first game. I mean, there's usually a lot of jitters there, but she looked very ready for uh, college basketball. Sailor Poffenbarger, she had 21 rebounds. 18 of those were defensive, which just goes to show – she was really hustling um, all over the boards. She had the lead in NCAA after that game uh, in rebounds. So a uh, really good game for her. She wasn't shooting very well, but she made her impact felt on the defensive end of the court for sure. Michaela Daniels, Samara Spencer, the veteran guard duo, they uh, they accounted for 33 combined points. Those two are just really the leaders of the team uh, this year. So they had a good game. And then Sasha Goforth got to make a return. Um, she sat out last year to address the medical concern. She came back and she played some really meaningful minutes. I know that uh, people were really excited to see her on the court. Um, today they have their elementary day game, which I'm headed to right here after we get done recording this. Uh, they're expecting over 7,300 kids there. And then on top of that, they're expecting um, just their normal crowd. So they're, they're thinking they might get over 10,000, which would be the first time since 2003 to do that. And it'd be just the fifth ever uh, crowd of 10,000 plus. They're hosting, like I said, Murray State, um, which has a good player on it, Caitlin Young. She's on the mid-major award watch list for um, for the best player in the mid-major. Uh, so they, they're going to have a test with her. But aside from her, it's, it's one of those things where as long as they can contain her some, probably nobody else on the team will be able to beat them. Um, you know, so... Looking forward to see how they look there. Um, 
like I said, Arkansas Murray State. That's 10.30 a.m. day. Um, volleyball, they have five games left in the regular season, uh, beginning tonight with a road match at Alabama. That one starts at 6 p.m. on SEC Network+. Plus. And just taking a quick look at the SEC standings, the Razorbacks are just one game behind Kentucky, and they have a half-game lead over Tennessee. Um, and it's actually setting up to be a huge senior night for the for the Razorbacks. They host Kentucky uh, for the last home match at Barnhill Arena, at least in the regular season. It looks like they might be able to host in the NCAAs, but that, that senior day game against Kentucky could very well have SEC regular season championship implications uh, so we'll keep an eye on that one uh, for sure. The, just kind of that race as it plays out. Um, like I mentioned earlier, the Arkansas cross-country teams, both the men's and the women's, they start in NCAA South Central Regionals today. Um, those begin at 10.30 a.m. here in Fayetteville at Agri Park. Um, and then one more thing I kind of want to touch on before bringing Andrew on. The softball team reeled in the number five recruiting class uh, as rated by Extra Inning Softball. Uh, the Razorbacks hauled in eight new additions, many of which were highly ranked. Um, so I think it's fair to say that Courtney Diefel has a well-oiled machine right now, and it's rolling. Um, well, on the other end of this break, I'll be joined by Andrew Joseph to talk some more on the Arkansas soccer team as it begins its NCAA tournament today. You're listening to the Game Changers podcast. Get the latest breaking news on all Arkansas Razorback sports at wholehogsports.com. Our award-winning reporters and photographers go beyond game recaps to bring our subscribers the most trusted Razorbacks news anywhere. With expert analysis, the latest in recruiting, plus unique and compelling stories of your favorite teams. Subscribe today at wholehogsports.com. Well, like I said, super happy to have my guy Andrew Joseph on today. Um, <clears throat> As you may recall, he was on about a little over a month ago. We were talking with him and Paul Boyd just a little bit about the Arkansas soccer and volleyball teams. Well, we wanted to have him on back again today because the NCAA tournament, like we said, starts today. Uh, and Andrew does just a great job covering the team. And he'll be there tonight, right? So, oh, Yes, it will be. Yeah. So uh, there's a lot going on tonight. Uh, there's a men's basketball game going on at the same time as that soccer game. So we have a lot of people in a, different, in a lot of different places. But uh, Andrew, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. So first, before we dive into the NCAA tournament, um, just want to talk a little bit about the SEC tournament because I know Colby Hill <laughs> had some pretty strong words about it uh, after they got done there. I just kind of wanted your opinions on that tournament. And I, I know it works for a lot of sports. Do you think really with soccer, it works? Uh, with the current format and the current setup that they use, I would I would agree with Colby Hale that it is stupid, and those were his his words, not mine. Uh, but yeah, it is. Right now, I think they play like three games in six days, and that's not really the way soccer is meant to be played, like Colby Hale said. Uh, and especially when you play a style that Arkansas plays is so demanding physically because they press the whole time. I would compare it to like in basketball, if they full court pressed the entire game, it's just it's just too demanding to to continue to do game after game after game with little to no rest. Uh, and so it's not really worthwhile, but it also doesn't really matter to Arkansas because they had a tournament seed locked up like they didn't need to win the NCAA or the win the SEC tournament. Uh, and they weren't playing to get into the tournament. They're just playing for pride at that point. And obviously you want to win every game, but. 
when you have nothing on the line, there's not really an incentive. Uh, and yeah, Arkansas hasn't been able to, they've been in the final, I think seven of the last eight years haven't been able to come away with the win, but I think that's mostly because their, their style of play just doesn't hold up game after game. And, you know, talking about like at that point, just playing for pride, but you're also by playing for pride at that point. Cause I mean, uh, I know Eric Musselman's big on it. Just you're, you're wanting to play your best in that NCAA tournament. He's repetitive. I think Colby Hale has, of course, the same mindset of that. If you're just playing for pride at that point, um, I know there was a scary moment in that game with uh, Anna Potagil going down to injury. Just uh, give a little insight on that. Um, I know we saw her go down. And at that point, I mean, you would almost rather just lose in the first game than make it all the way and risk injury, right? Yeah, I mean, if Colby Hale didn't have a, a valid reason to hate the SEC tournament coming into this year, he definitely does now because Anna Potagil went down, non-contact knee injury in the 75th minute at the championship game against Georgia, uh, and she didn't come back in. And he hasn't given an update on her status. He's kind of, I think that's a little gamesmanship. She said her status is still up in the air, but she left the game. She didn't come back in. She had an ice pack around her left knee uh, and you know, that's a that's a huge loss. That's a four-time All-American, the program's all-time goal leader, uh, and she's got the most points in anyone in act, active Division One players. And that's not someone you can replace one-for-one. One. Like, they're going to have to replace her by committee. Uh, but fortunately for Arkansas, the, their attacking depth is where they've had the most success all season. They've got 17 different goal scorers. They scored an SEC high 50 goals this season. Uh, so they've got talent up front but that's just an irreplaceable loss so I heard you talking a little bit about it earlier that Arkansas at home has a real home field advantage like locking up that um locking up that number two seed and getting that home field advantage at Razorback Field that was really big for them um what do you think what do you think it is about like the environment at Razorback Field that's been so good to them and I know you were talking about like the crowds too that they've just really drawn in some great crowds this year yeah, I think some of it has to do with the familiarity of the place. Players feel more comfortable playing at home. They've got their friends and family there cheering them on. And I think the crowd can obviously impact uh, your your psyche and your mental state and kind of amp you up and get you going for the big games. But Razorback Field has just become a fortress for Arkansas. Uh, they haven't lost the home game in over two years. They're, I think it's 31 matches unbeaten there. And it's not like it's unbeaten. You have to say unbeaten because they haven't won them all. But of the 31 games, they won 29, and there's been two ties and zero losses. I mean, they're they're just dominant on their home field, uh, and the fans come out and support that winning. Obviously, you win, fans show up. They, yeah, Arkansas has had six of their top 10 crowds in program history this year, uh, and they've been treated to some good games. And, and you know that's why I think it is so important for Arkansas to get a top seed where they're hosting in the NCAA tournament because that's just their record is just impeccable at home. And now as a two seed, they have the chance to host three NCAA tournament games. And correct me if I'm wrong, the way that the NCAA tournament uh, is set up in soccer, you have four quadrants and by Arkansas earning a two seed, that basically means, Hey, you were one of the teams five through eight in the nation because the, the teams one through four, all get, you know, the one seed in their quadrant, the two, uh, all the two seeds are either five through eight and Arkansas kind of got paired up in that quadrant that maybe indicates they were the eight seed, right? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's correct. And I don't know if winning the SEC tournament championship would have vaulted them up to a, a number one spot, but yeah, I think they've got a, a as good a resume as anyone. I think Colby Hale scheduled a really tough non-conference slate because 
he knows that he wants his team to be prepped for for games like this in the NCAA tournament. They went on the road to Notre Dame. They went on the road to Clemson and on the road to UNC. Uh, and they didn't win any of those three games. They lost at Clemson and they lost at UNC and then they tied Notre Dame, uh, which, you know, by and large are not great results, but they scored first at UNC. Uh, they had a couple goals waved off against Clemson. So it wasn't like they just got dominated. They were still in those games uh, and had a chance to win. And I think it was it was good prep, like I said, for for what's to come in the NCAA tournament. And after they went that tough road stretch, they came back and won like eight of their next 10 to close out the regular season. And and so they really responded well. And I think they're in good shape. So you wrote a preview story today. I'm plugging it right now. If you haven't read it, go read it before this uh, match tonight. Um, you know. What do you know, I guess, about the teams that are coming into Fayetteville? I know there's, of course, tonight Grambling, correct? And then um, also paired up in the regional is a seven seed in the quadrant, which is Pittsburgh, and then Ohio State as well. Yeah, so Grambling is uh, making their first NCAA tournament appearance since 2006. Uh, they won the SWAC regular season championship as well as the conference tournament championship so they're pretty well established as the number one team in that conference uh and they haven't lost in a long time i spoke to kobe hale and you know i asked him what he knew about grambling right after the the selection or the draw was announced and he was like honestly i, I don't really know a whole lot i know they haven't lost in forever though so i went and looked it up and grambling's last loss came back in september uh so they've gone almost two months now with, without losing um and but they haven't played like as tough a schedule as Arkansas. Obviously they don't play in the sec and, and their non-conference schedule wasn't nearly as daunting, but they did play Texas A&M. Uh, they traveled to A&M, which is Arkansas, a common opponent between them and Arkansas. Arkansas defeated Texas A&M one, nothing away from home. And then A&M beat Grambling eight, nothing. So if you're one of those who believes in, in the common opponent, theory then Arkansas should have no problem but you know like soccer is just more so than any other sport where the best team doesn't always win you know you get a fluke on goal the other team packs it in and all of a sudden you lose uh, so it's I wouldn't necessarily say it's a given that Arkansas wins but you know Grambling's a good team but Arkansas clearly looks to have a better resume uh, and a better team and they're coming into a hornet's nest at Razorback Field that I'm not sure they're probably familiar with this year uh, Grambling State is. So I want you to right now kind of be, you know, that illustration of, you know, somebody's conscious where you have the angel on one side and the devil on the other. We're going to start with the angel side. Um, why does Arkansas have what it takes this year to make it to the College Cup? Well, I think you have to start with the depth that they have. I mentioned the 17 different goal scorers they've got. If Anna Potagio were to play, that would be uh, a huge addition, you know, SEC forward of the year. And she just is so much of the opposition's scouting report that she really opens things up for your other players. Uh, but outside of her, they got Ava Tankersley, the SEC forward of the year, B. Franklin, SEC midfielder of the year, uh, and then Colby Hale was the SEC coach of the year. They almost swept the SEC end of the season awards. I mean, they, they've got a stacked team. Uh, the defense is really good and they play super aggressive because they have such a good offense that they keep the ball on a, they can play with a really high line and they like to keep the ball in the attacking third for the majority of the game. Uh, and I think they've got really good freshmen this year that can also kind of give in and come in and give them a boost. Uh, Avery Wren has played and started in the majority of the games this season. Kennedy ball had a big time game winner at Texas A&M uh, and Bella field had the game winner against Grand Canyon. So they've got 
a few freshmen who have done some big things. And, you know, I think when it comes to postseason play, that experience is always a, a factor. And sometimes the moment is too big for for people, but their freshmen have have risen to the occasion in the regular season. Uh, and then the engine of the team would be B, B Franklin. Uh, she's the SEC midfielder of the year. Like I mentioned, she's got a season or a career high, like seven goals, seven assists. She's having a career year uh, and she's just been phenomenal uh, for the whole year. So I think if they can play through B Franklin uh, and kind of work around, maybe not having Anna Potter Jill, then, then yeah, I think they'll be all right. All right, now it's your turn to be the devil. Uh, why won't the team make it to the College Cup? Yeah, I think the the areas of concern are obviously Anna Potagio's injury. That's number one. Uh, that's a huge loss. Like we've talked about, you just can't replace that. And then number two, I think the concern may be the goalkeeping um, because they they started the year with Sierra Cotillard and goal, junior goalkeeper. Uh, she left midseason to go play and the World Cup qualifiers for the Portuguese national team. And while she was gone, freshman Phoebe Carber stepped in, uh, and she played well. She recorded, I think she's she's recorded quite a few shutouts this year, and she's played well. But like I said, she's a freshman. Um, and then when Cody Yard came back, they rotated times and switched out halves at goal for a couple games. And then these past few games, it has been all Phoebe Carber and goal, which she's played well. But I think having a freshman between the goalposts in the NCAA tournament game when she didn't come into the season as the starter can be a little nerve wracking if you're, if you're an Arkansas fan. Um, and other than that, I would say their transition defense and, and set piece defense is probably where Arkansas gets scored on the most thing since they have the ball so much there, a lot of the opposing teams offense is coming at quick counterattacks or on set pieces, corner kicks, free kicks and things of that nature. So if Arkansas can slow them, those things down they'll be all right but those have been the the problem areas for them this season you know talking about injuries i want to just touch on this real quick i just want to know if you have an update i know that for that sec tournament championship it was like right before the game it was announced that morgan white who's the transfer from marshall i believe um is where she came from that she Mm -hmm. was out um to start the game she came in later uh did you have any update on like what was going on there uh yeah, I didn't get a get a a clear picture of what the injury was, but but Kobe Hill said she'll be fine, she'll be ready to play. Uh, and so she'll she's expected back, and she did play in that tournament game. She was scratched from the lineup, but she still ended up playing. I think over fifty minutes, and and she looked good. She didn't look like she was being hampered or anything. So yeah, I think she's good, and they're gonna need her, uh, especially if Anna Potter Jill's out. Morgan White scored a lot of goals for them this season, and they're gonna rely on her and Avery Tangersley up top. Last thing I have for you, Andrew, uh, you've covered some of these teams in the past that have made a deep run. Um, I know they haven't gotten to the college cup yet, made a deep run to the elite eight of soccer. Um, just what does it take this time of year for a team? I mean, like you said, soccer is one of those games that like on any given night, you can kind of, you could really lose. Um, what does it take this time of year for a team to, to make a deep run? Yeah, I think it's, I think it comes down to focus. Cause like you said, one mistake and, and you're behind the eight ball and all of a sudden it's it's just so hard to score in soccer. That's why there's so many. That's why a lot of people don't get into it because it's a lot of one score games, one nothing, zero zero draws. Uh, it's it's hard to score. And so one mistake, you let up a goal, it's hard to get that back. And and so I think the focus, the defensive communication is really a key. And I think that a lot of that comes down to coaching and Arkansas has got the SEC coach of the year. Uh, I think he's won it three times. He's been, he's got a pretty impressive track record. And so I think 
you know, the focus, attention to detail that Colby Hill demands from his team is why they go so far in these tournament styles settings. And, and I think they'll be well, well set up again. Once again, tonight, it's Arkansas hosting Grambling State at 6.30 p.m. at Razorback Field. Uh, Andrew will be out there. Make sure to read his game coverage. Andrew, thanks so much for taking the time to do this. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, each week on the Game Changers podcast, we highlight an athlete who is a game changer. This could be somebody who's doing something incredible in their sport, in the community, in the classroom. Uh, just something that's really setting them apart. And this week, we have an athlete who I think is kind of doing all of the above. Um, mentioned her earlier in the show when brushing over the, the women's basketball result against ULM, but uh, Sasha Goforth, the guard on the Arkansas women's basketball team, she, I think, kind of embodies exactly what it means to be a game changer. She went out there um, on Tuesday night and played her first game in 584 days after battling. Um, she's been battling gastroparesis for a while now. She kept it kind of hidden for a while just because it was – you know, a struggle that she wasn't ready to kind of open up about, but she took some time away from the sport to address it, kind of did something that a lot of people wouldn't be brave enough to do is to really address kind of the the mental health side of things and how that was impacting this physical condition. Um, and so it was really cool to see her, you know, after taking so much time away to just like try and better herself and get back to where she could play basketball, to see her step on that court, um, she got a huge ovation whenever she entered the game. Um, and it was it was really cool because, you know, that first year she played for the Razorbacks, she made herself known for her ability to block shots. And on the first defensive possession, she comes up with just a huge spot like she just timed it perfectly. Um, so Sasha Goforth, she is our game changer of the week this week. Um, it's really cool to see her back out there. I know that she's touched a lot of people with her story. And um, so we'll continue to monitor and just see how how she does this year and how. Um, she's able to impact the Razorbacks. I know Mike Neighbors said that he doesn't think he'll have the right words uh, for a while now to, to kind of embody what all she means to the team. So Sasha Goforth, that is your Game Changer of the Week. Well, folks, this has been another episode of the Game Changers podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Westerman. I'll see you at the same time again next Friday. The proceeding has been a production of the Hog Sports Network. Look for our daily podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. For more Razorbacks coverage, go to wholehogsports.com or follow the Hog Sports Network reporters on social media.